this guy was like, bruh, you, bro. <laughs> I should I should add like a, a, a donkey sound anyway. If you yes. ever swear, the moment anyone actually swears, I'm just going to add like. Or add, add a Wookiee noise. <laughs> <laughs> Do that Wookiee noise again. <laughs> I got that on I got that on record, by there the way. You go. <laughs> What's good, everyone? This is Anthony, and you're listening to Shout Out to My Teacher. This podcast features a range of different people who share about the teachers, coaches, mentors, and role models that have inspired and influenced them, as well as a range of other topics, whatever catches our attention. This episode features Stuart Warnock, who's a middle school teacher and fellow musician who I met at church. He's an awesome dude all around. In this episode, we start off by talking about our various tattoos and their symbolic meaning, we then talk about his transition from being a youth pastor to a middle school teacher and the skill sets that are similar and the importance of creating an atmosphere where kids can feel welcome. We get into a lot of random tangents from classic book fairs to random things kids do in band class, but he ultimately shares about the impact his volleyball coach and band teacher had on him and the qualities that he hopes to be remembered for as an educator. If you like this show, please consider subscribing, following, liking on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts and on social media. At the core of this, this is a fun passion project for myself. I get to learn a lot and I hope you do too. So enjoy this episode. Yeah, man. That is my favorite track. Lo-fi hip hop. I'm all about the lo-fi hip hop these days. Anyway, Stuart Warnock. Yes, sir. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. With the fresh tattoos. <laughs> Coming in hot because it is literally 30 degrees It is literally outside. 30 degrees. You got me. Thank you for the matcha green tea latte from Starbucks. That's my favorite drink. So everyone, if you're listening, if you want to get my attention or if you just want to come on the podcast, make sure you bring a peace offering of matcha green tea latte. It's the golden ticket. It's the golden ticket. It's a great drink. What do you have? Uh, I went decaf okay. Americano. I'm a pretty, pretty basic fellow when it comes to his coffee that's fair that's fair you know what i found though is that i can't have coffee past 3 p.m yeah i just i drank too much coffee at one point in my life where i just started it was just really bad okay so i've sworn off after 2 p.m or 3 p.m otherwise i just go crazy even report card season yeah even during report card season that's impressive yeah dude i was at like six cups a day at one point six (laughs) cups a day (laughs) wow you know how i got hooked on to coffee by the way Tell me. Okay. Because I didn't drink coffee at all during my university or high school years. Again, that's impressive. Yeah. Oh, high school, I get that. Yeah. University, though? I didn't drink coffee. It, the How I got hooked on to coffee was during a mission service learning trip with some students to Guatemala. Hmm. And we stayed in a coffee farm in rural Guatemala. And out there, I was just like, there was a, there was a, um, there's some hot water and some, uh, Americano and you just some concentrate coffee. I'm like, I'm in a coffee farm in the middle of Guatemala, in the middle of nowhere. That is the prime spot. This might be the time where I take a drink of coffee. It's so f- I can imagine it was probably super good. Actually, I, I, I've been told that it wasn't, it was okay. Just because, um, I think the coffee there, coffee needs to be growing at higher elevations mm, for the best optimal yep coffee but that coffee farm was just a little bit below that prime level but it was still good at least for my taste because i didn't drink any coffee totally but I, I got onto it that was it and i got hooked to the point i end up drinking so it, happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it went from a guatemala coffee farm to six cups a day six cups a day <laughs> real quick <laughs> really fast like it's it, 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 that's just how it works caffeine man it's a Drug. slippery slope it's a slippery slope but good for you it sounds like you uh i had to taper it back i had to it's just bad so I'm I'm like after 3 p.m., 2 p.m., I'm done. That's it. Otherwise, that's, I'll go crazy. That's a good choice. Yeah. I can't say I always follow those rules, but that's okay. I mean, I break it sometimes, but it just turns out to a bad special, idea. Special occasions. Special occasions, so I really got to stay up. But dude, crazy. thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on. It's good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So I said come in hot, in, in hot with the fresh tattoos. You yes. got to tell me about the fresh tattoos you got. Oh, oh man. we just talk about your tattoos. You have... Uh, that might be tattooed. a whole podcast in of let's itself. do it anyway you're you you've got a lot of really cool tattoos and they i know they have a lot of really cool significance to you and i wanted to ask you about that because thanks man we both like our tattoos uh yes yes we do but i think as you describe you gotta describe what it looks like because yeah people um, listening are visually impaired that is, <laughs> uh all right tattoos let's let's yeah let's your, fresh, your, your, your freshest one 
my freshest one, I just got the inside of my my left arm yeah. done with a shark and an anchor. Uh, I'm going kind of American traditional. Yeah, it's explain what American traditional is. on my sleeve. Um, man, I, I, I really dig tattoos. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like coffee. You get one, you have your first <laughs> you cup, and one. it's a slippery slope <laughs> from there. I heard a dude in a tattoo parlor one time say, um, he said this, your first tattoo is always super meaningful. Yeah, my, fir- my first deep. one was probably my most meaningful. I got a bobcat on my left shoulder. Yeah. And I got it from my parents. Yeah. My dad's name is Bob, and my mom's name is Kathy. And oh, no. Better known as Bobcat. Bobcat. So I just slapped that, that on the side of the shoulder, and yeah, I love my mom and dad. What can and I there say? There you go. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, working on getting it all filled up. I you, got a nurse. A, it's called the Rose of No Man's Land. I got a uh, a nurse for my sister. Right, because they're nurses, right? Yeah, my yeah. brother-in-law's doctor, so medical medical staff are pretty big deal in the fam right so i just kind of want to shout out them um yeah i got a silverback gorilla on my arm it's kind of a reference to my years of youth ministry right uh kids would gave me the nickname silverback gorilla when we would like we played this random game called animal bop okay you pick a name and i picked silverback gorilla simply because it had the most syllables that I could think of <laughs> in an animal. Silverback gorilla. Six. And you have to say it like super quick and yeah. then say another animal name. Anyway, oh, I see. So it's I like picked it. And it just, yeah, <laughs> okay, so it's with, with animal names. Human bop it, yeah. Human bop it. it. it yeah, it, it basically goes like that. So it just stuck. And every time we played, they're like, silverback gorilla. And then when I uh, left that season of life behind, I kind of wanted to get that as a homage to uh, think of my youth kids as well. So that's that's a good and gorillas are dope. Yeah, their gorillas are cool. So yeah, it's crazy, man. I got uh, another one booked in September. I'm getting a wolf down the arm. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably gonna be the least meaningful one so far. because <laughs> yeah. at that point it's just like, oh, because it looks cool. Uh, yeah, it's like what fits the space. And you got you got the lighthouse on your left arm as well. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, I got the lighthouse actually based off a text message I got from a friend when I was just going through a rough time. Mm. And he texted me saying, you know what, like in times of my life when I was going through a rough time, I thought of my faith, my friends, my family, those who would hold hold me fast in the midst of a storm like a lighthouse. Yeah. And I was like, dang. So whenever I think of that, I, I think of it just reminds the you of the things that, yeah. that hold me hold me true. Yeah. And then there's a couple of roses on there, ones for my mom and the smaller ones for my little sister. Yeah. So I, I look at your I look at your arm and you got a lot of like nautical imagery. Yes. Like you got the anchor, you got the lighthouse. And yep. it's interesting that I see you see a lot of tattoos with um with that kind of imagery. It's it's sort of you're sailing through life. Super thematic, yeah. It's super thematic, but it's also you're sailing through life, but you're also held down 100%. and grounded by the light, the anchor through the storms of life. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And those are permanent reminders I now have in them. I'm loving it. Yeah, that's tight. <laughs> yeah. And then the next is a wolf. Next is a wolf. Yeah. It's in like American traditional, like the tattoos right. all hold like uh symbolic meaning. Right. For like a theme. So like a wolf represents like chaos right. and frosty, but also represents like uh like a pack and like yeah, loyalty yeah. to a pack. So um there's lots of a play on that. But wolf loyalty to a pack. Yeah. Which is really interesting because you think of a wolf, you think of like a a alpha male wolf the lone lo, lone wolf right but really if you look at wolves in a little isle they're actually pack animals yeah. that rely on each other strength in numbers in that yeah. regard for sure and I, I read it i read an article but alpha wolf isn't like this lone wolf that goes on and kills and hunts on its own but it's actually more akin to like dear old dad hmm. of the group that kind of holds a family together protects provides for the family which is really interesting yeah that's you think cool. about it yeah you're just like feeding into better meaning for my tattoo ideas. Yeah, I like I'm it. just feeling. I'm just feeling the more the meaning into it. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you that link. What, yeah. what it actually means it's really interesting. You got some. Uh, you got some ink yourself, yeah. sir. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, here, I got the uh, at the core of it at the center. There's a. Um, oh, I should just look at it. Hold on one second. I got a, a world map here. Yeah. 
And it looks fresh, man. Yeah. Oh, it's been two years now. It's been two years. But there's a world map. And part of it is I just, I love maps. And in my room, growing up, all my posters on one side of the room, it was all maps That's from sick. around the world. I kind of want to redo that again. But, you know, in my, in my childhood room, it was just kind of messy because there's just tape all over and it looked kind of plastered and stitched. A classic. Classic teenage classic boy. Classic teenage boy. Yeah. Room, like car posters. <laughs> car and, posters. And maps. Yeah. So it was like one side was like basketball posters and the other side yes. was maps. Yes. And I just loved looking at it at night, just like looking at all the different places around the world. And it That's just, really cool, man. It fueled my love for like history and geography. Which is like you're super into that. Which do you, I'm, I'm do you teach that? No, I actually teach English. Okay, I teach English, but I did my. People don't know this about me. People always assume that I actually did a. I did a. I majored in music or something, for some reason, because people knew me as a music guy growing up. Right. Uh and as a guy who liked English, but what I actually did my undergrad in was history. I dig that. Yeah, I'd actually, I think I double major in history and English, but I, my original plan was to go into history as a history Interesting. teacher. Yeah. High school history teacher. High school history. That was my original goal, but I ended up becoming an English teacher, which suits me as well. I think it's actually a better fit uh, these days, but I do want to get into back in it one day. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you got a map. I got a map. There's a compass. I love in there, geography. Yeah. yeah. I'll just go up. I'll get to the compass later. But as you go up, it's like a kind of a scene of the Pacific Northwest. Like it. And then you got this bird here, but I, it's a silhouette, but it doesn't really, it's not any particular bird. I, I just had a generic bird because the bird, a bird is, has been the mascots of the different schools I've been associated with. Very cool. So it's like an eagle, a thunderbird, a raven. And those are reminders of the different educational institutions I've been a part of. That's sweet. Yeah. And then there's a moon here, a full moon. Yeah, yeah. And how that came apart was... During the middle of the artist doing this backdrop, um, he said, hey, can I draw a full moon? Just in the middle, I'm like, yeah, man, you can draw a full moon. It was just a spur of the moment. That's so tight. <laughs> just so, I just, love that. Just super like spur of the moment. Yeah, he just put a full moon there and it looked good. And then you get the thrill of spontaneity. Yeah. On, so, in the tattoo, yeah, which it, is always fun. Yeah. It, it was just in the moment, like he he um he was just doing it and he just had the idea yo can i put a full moon it'll fill so it up good. and i said yeah so good um but it, it definitely reaches up to the shoulder bone so i f- did feel it a little bit Ooh, more there yeah. but it was good it was worth it that's sweet and you got you got something coming yeah up too right yeah so um sorry i have to talk about the middle yeah, part yeah. first um there's a uh this that middle part is the first part the one that i just described you was a background added to, as a to supplement the middle part but in the middle part you've got a um a compass and a a clock yeah and that's supposed to represent time and direction in life and it's really cool because with the time in life I heard I was one of my coworkers was talking about how there's two different Greek words for time like Chronos time and Kairos time yeah yeah you've heard of that yep and Kairos is like the time that's meaningful and Chronos is like the time that actually just regular time yeah, yeah. time that passes time that passes. Yeah. And the compass your direction in life. And then I put a uh I put a shepherd's staff in the middle to, to symbolize that Jesus is in control or guides you through your time and direction in life. I like that. Yeah. Then there's an arrow just because I thought it fit, but I, I had to go from southeast to northwest to show the, my heritage from the Southeast Asia mm. to to where I am at now in the Pacific Northwest. That's sweet, man. There's a lot of cool little yeah. details in there. Yeah, I, I really thought that out. And then so that's that. I love it. Yeah. So tattoo talk, man. Tattoo talk. Do you ever do your students ever talk to you about your or ask you about your tattoos? Yeah, yeah. We've had we've had discussions about it. Um, because I know students they look at tattoos and they're like, "Whoa, that's super cool." Or they're like, "No, nah, it's not for me." Right. Yeah. And the, so, or they're scared of you. Or they're scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like a flex. my teacher's so terrifying. Yeah, I know. But yeah, it it's interesting because they they look at that stuff and they're like, "Whoa, cool," right? It's, it's something to talk to about them, but they'll, they'll ask some meaningful questions about is it okay to get a tattoo or or what should it be like? And you just got to be upfront with why you got it and what it means to you, yeah. right? Like your students ask you about it also, right? Yeah, I actually got, when I got the lighthouse, that was like last October, last October, October, yeah. this past October. And it was kind of cool for them because they got to see the whole healing process take place. Oh, interesting. So they saw like the, the day after. They saw a scabbing they saw it as well. Scab, then they saw it like 
it, they were fascinated. Yeah. They were so adorable. They'd come up, Mr. Wardick, how's your tattoo today? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. You guys are just so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and they'd they, like check in. They ask Mr. Warnock, what does it mean? No, no one, you know what? They didn't, but it's funny because there's like the big rose on the bottom. Yeah. And um, I guess I can't, never mind. One of my students has a name that may be related to uh, the a flower. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, it's like a flower. Like my name's like a flower. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of cool. She was she like, did you get that for me? I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. That's but, hilarious. It's like telling your friends, like, just get a tattoo of my face. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. One of one of my students suggested getting a tattoo each year that represents your class. Yeah. And they get, get one every year. I'm like, man, if I'm teaching for like 20, 30 years, it's gonna be a lot of space that I need. So I don't know if I'll be able to do that. Yeah. It's a cool idea though. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of commitment. Yes. Yeah. 100%. But yeah, it's just interesting because there's a lot of things that we you, that you tattoo and it's just, it means something to people. Like mm -hmm. people don't just put, well, some people just put tattoos just for, for the sake of, for the sake of looking cool. But there's some people who put some real meaning and thought to it because it means something important and valuable to them. Totally. Yeah, dude. So your silverback gorilla. Yes. That harkens back to youth ministry days. Yes, it does. When I, when I think gorilla, I think like strength power yes and like well i've played sports against you and i know you've pushed me down <laughs> really hard like i i run into well we had our battles out of love out of out love, love. i have good competition <laughs> and competition never anger <laughs> we've like i run into you you're a brick wall oh. it hurts <laughs> <laughs> like i'm charging into you with a basketball going for a layup and i just like felt knocked down you're a strong dude thank well uh thank you all that it, muscles um you know, just shout out to my dad for good genetics. Yeah, I there know. you go. There you go. Um, yeah. You know, the silverback gorilla is, I mean, yeah, as, as you mentioned, it like harkens back to youth ministry days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, just like a reflective piece. Yeah. Which is interesting because you're, you teach grade six and seven now. Yes. Well, your grade six last year going to grade seven. Yeah. Cause you loop back and I'll forth. Loop back and forth. Can you explain yeah. that looping system? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not super experienced with it. I just finished my first year of teaching. Yeah. Uh, full first full year. Uh, so for looping, I start in a year at grade six, and then what's really cool is that I get to loop up with yeah. the same kids. So I will see the same class for two years straight. Right. Uh, which is really cool because it provides a unique opportunity for you to build uh, deeper connections with those kids. Um, but also their families, which yeah. I'm finding is, you know, equally as important. Right. Um, you're not just teaching kids curriculum. Mm -hmm. You know, you're making, as best you can, meaningful connections to their lives. And um, those families are a part of that. Uh, so, yeah, it's a it's a unique way to to connect with the kids and, like, invest more time in them, which I think it'll probably make it a little harder to... Say goodbye, go. and then Ooh. off they go up to grade eight, and then high start, school start over again with another group of grade six kids. Yeah, um, but I think it's really cool because a lot of the ki like the grade six kids when they come in, middle school is completely new for them. Right. So I will be their first teacher in middle school, and it's just a big opportunity to give them a positive place to land. Right. So yeah, yeah, because continuity matters so much with with students, and it it really helps. Like one year isn't actually a lot in the grand scale of things to really influence a kid and and inspire them to be better, right? Yeah, it's. But if you have that, it's second a process. Year, it's, it, it's, it's a process, a process for sure. yeah. And that's really interesting because there, you hear about. I've heard about people who were youth pastors and they transitioned to teaching, mm -hmm. but I've never actually really talked to many of those people. Maybe I have. Maybe I have. But they're out. They're out there. They're out there. They're out there. But it's just an. It's just interesting to to to. To talk to guys who who started off as a youth pastor, mm -hmm. which was uh, really focused on kids' spiritual development, and then they transitioned to being a teacher, which seems right. like a a natural fit. Yeah. Um, so for for me, it seemed like a a clear a clear choice to make. Yeah. Yeah, I did ministry for I suppose six and a half or so years. Right. I did at the same place uh, in uh, in North Delta. Yeah. 
And I loved it. I, I really did. Yeah. I found six that years. Six years, yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. a it was pretty cool because yeah, awesome. when I started, there were kids in grade eight, and then I got to see them through to grade twelve. Yeah, um, which is which was awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely a good good season of life. Different challenges, yeah. different uh, different learning experiences for sure. But it was it was a clear decision for me to make, and it it happened decently fast. Um, but essentially, what happened is I had come to a place where I was getting a little a little frustrated with just like the model of of youth ministry. Right. And I'm not knocking it at all. It's yeah. it's a great otherwise I wouldn't have done it for, you wouldn't have for done six it. and a half years. But um uh, I, I was finding that I'm I wasn't really getting the opportunities to spend quality time with the youth kids. Okay. Let let's go back for a bit. We gotta talk about what youth ministry is, because not everyone who's going to be listening will understand what yeah, this is. Yeah. So right? Some dude at a church, some dude at church, out, hanging plays guitar, out. sips okay. coffee, and <laughs> reads the Bible. He he comes he comes with a um with an acoustic guitar. Yes, yeah. He comes with Birkenstocks and uh oh my god, and a plaid shirt as well. I probably, <laughs> I probably did wear a plaid shirt. I've never owned Birkenstocks. Every every though. every youth pastor stereotype. Yeah, I was endorsed by Birkenstock and uh, American Eagle. Plot. No. <laughs> yeah, youth ministry in a nutshell is just taking time to uh, invest in high school kids specifically. So I was working with kids who were in grade 8 to 12. Yeah. Uh, I'd, we usually had like a youth group gathering, kind of yeah. like a quote-unquote church service right. for youth kids every Friday night. Yeah. And it was kind of open house before then. Kids would come in, hang out, play floor hockey. Mm. Uh, we had a skate park across the street. So nice. um, I'd have my skateboard. I'd go rip in the park with, with some of the boys mm-hmm. and play games, uh, sing songs, had a worship time. I'd usually share for like 20 or so minutes. Mm-hmm. We'd have discussion, just give the kids a chance to like wrestle with things they were going through. Um yeah, so it was is cool. Um, I, honestly, the vision was the same that I have now for teaching in, in terms of creating a safe space for kids to land, right. to be known, to be valued, mm-hmm. to be heard, and just for genuine relationship to take place with youth leaders and myself, and and as well also trying to point them to connect to to God and have a relationship with Jesus too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of youth ministry in which, a nutshell. Which is which is really cool because there's that connection between teaching and youth ministry. We kind of think of them as um, two very different things, but no, there's a lot of commonalities in terms of um, creating that atmosphere for kids to to feel like they're welcome. Totally, I th- I think so. Right, absolutely. And um, I mean, at the end of there's there is that uh, hit that goal of in youth ministry, you're trying to expose them to to Christianity, to those with God, who Jesus is, what kind of relationship looks like. And in teaching, at least in um in his proper school institution, it's about understand exposing him to knowledge, understanding how to think. Totally. Right? What are today's learning targets? What are today's <laughs> learning targets? Yeah. What a PLOs do we have to hit? Yeah, exactly. But between those, it's it is about making that space where they feel welcome. Cause I get I guess you get a lot you get a lot of kids in both schools and mm-hmm. in both um I guess your ministry setting mm-hmm. who are um, might not come from a, a great background or oh, just yeah, going totally. through some tough times. Absolutely. And so S- same as school, same as school. And totally. so what are, what are some things that you've, you've done in to, to set up this space for kids to feel welcome that have transferred across both ministry and being a teacher? That's a, that's a great question. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to mind is uh, taking that same time to get to know the kids specifically. Um, it's important to figure out what they need. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think that in the class, uh, I'm blessed to work with great support staff as well. It's definitely not a one-man show at all. Right. It's a, it's a team effort. So shout out to my my SEAs. Um, yeah, so the kids come into the classroom and they know that they have the freedom to to be themselves, to be who they need to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they're stressed, overwhelmed, uh, 
and need something, they they can ask for it and they will get it. Mm-hmm. Like if a kid needs to go for a walk just to like clear his head or her head, they can take that. If they need to uh, take a fidget toy out and play with that, I'm not going <laughs> to grab it out of their hands. Like, get no the fidget spinner. Yeah. Um, Are they still a thing? Fidget spinners, I I had a couple this year. Yeah. I they died just, out two years I, ago. Yeah. Yeah, they were, man, they were everywhere. Uh, I got kids with Lego, though. Like, kids will bring, like, a couple Ooh. Lego figures out, mm-hmm. and they'll, like, okay, just choose one, and then you can have it out in the desk, and mm-hmm. they'll, they'll fidget with it if they're they're working. Yeah. And, yeah, just getting to know the kids, what they need, what they want, and being able to to accommodate a bit, and, you know, you're working towards the same, the same goal uh, and trying to make them feel comfortable in that space doing so. So, mm. yeah. It's kind of the same with the ministry days. In that I wanted to do my best to create a space where the kids could come as they are uh, with the questions that they have and were able to have a safe space to land and to be themselves. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of how things kind of tie together. Yeah. You also had a good team behind you. Y- yeah. It's always, it's always a team effort. Yeah. Teaching, ministry, never a one-man show. So, so who do you have helping you in the, in the team in the in the school in the school system? Yeah, we have our SEAs. We have a support shout staff out to our them. SEAs. Shout out to SEAs doing support all that staff. support staff in ministry. Who do you have helping you? How did that work? Yeah, with with youth ministry, I had a solid team of volunteer youth leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was they were a group of people that I would invest a lot of time into, um, as far as taking time to invest in the kids. So I would c- kind of pour out into them and they would also like pour out to the kids because I was not able to be there for every single youth kid right. that came through the door. But the youth leaders, again, were in the trenches a lot. Very much like how SEAs and our support staff in schools are in the trenches with kids when they're having their meltdowns and yeah. um, they're freaking out and they're having a moment. Mm-hmm. My SEAs have been such a blessing to me, just especially when it's something that I've never encountered yeah. before. And they're like, yeah, I got it. You keep doing your thing. I got this. Mm. And you're just like, what? That's so good. <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so great. good. Yeah, shout out to all of them. It's it's super helpful. Yeah. And unsung cereal. Unsung. Unsung, unsung cereal. <laughs> <laughs> the unsung cereal of the education system. Unsung, no. The unsung, unsung heroes hero. for sure. Yeah. Any go. any other connections that you've noticed over the over the year of between um youth ministry and teaching? It's a good question. Good question. Might come back when we Yeah. Might come back. I'll think it. on that. But I'll you know that. You, you know what this show's about. We never actually got to it. This show's called Shout Out to My Teacher. Shout out. Stuart. Yes. Stu. Yes. Who are the teachers, coaches, mentors, role models that inspired or influenced you? Because clearly they had an impact on you as you became a youth pastor and then a middle school teacher. Totally. Shout outs to... I'm going to start off with my man. Uh, His name is Mr. Hong. Okay. He was my PE teacher. Mm. He was also my volleyball coach for four years. So I started playing volleyball in high school, grade eight. And in grade nine, I was playing junior ball, and he was coaching the senior boys. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, a few of us, uh, a couple buddies of mine. Um, we kind of got kind of hand picked, not because <laughs> we were super elite players, but you're the tall. senior, the, yeah, <laughs> basically, <laughs> was like, hey, you tall, lanky white boy, come here. First. <laughs> How we, tall are you? How tall are you? You're like I'm six, six, six three right now. Yeah, that's a good height. Um, yeah, so I was, a I was probably six, maybe just below six foot in grade nine. Uh, so he picked myself and a couple other guys to come up and play on the senior team because they were starving for players. And mm. he kind of preluded the conversation. Like, I'd like you to play senior ball. It's going to be a rough season. You're grade nine. It's yeah. I was in grade nine. Okay. And I was playing with like grade 11, 12 boys. Mm. Scary. Dude, Super scary. It's crazy watching volleyball. Volleyball in general. Yeah. 
it's boys in- volleyball taking a taking a taking a hit and trying to um dig a spike coming yeah. down at you at like yeah who knows how many miles an hour oh man i know and we were just playing high school ball like yeah going to trinity and seeing the level that those guys are playing at it's they just, hit hard it's mind-blowing they hit hard mind-blowing so yeah he was uh he was a guy who just kind of like I say, like saw this raw potential or anything, but gave gave me an opportunity to grow into mm-hmm. uh, just being an athlete in that in that regard. Uh, his coaching style was not always like what I would do. He's mm-hmm. like, if you made a mistake, he'd let you know. Ooh, and he he let you know. Blunt. He'd let you know hard. Ooh, okay. Like, don't ever do that again. Okay, blah, so give blah, me an so example. So sometimes it was like, oh, this is so scary. Do you have an example of when you really, you, you royally messed up? Oh, and man. <laughs> you want to go there? Oh, dude, I'm just, oh, the shakes. Bringing back, no, no, bringing no. back flashback memories. I do, honestly, though, there, it was a game, game point serve. I went up to serve, and it, it's like, it's just like any other serve, but it's mm-hmm. the game point, so, you know, you get in your head, and it's a, it's a mental game, right? It is. Every sport, I think, has its, the mental toughness yeah, side I was just it. talking to, um, another person on this podcast, Edward. Okay. Uh, episode, episode six. Okay. And I, he he I, plays volleyball as well. And we were talking about how dude, is, vol- it, is this a sneak peek right now? Are you dropping a sneak peek of episode six? Well, you're episode eight, right? <laughs> but is episode six released yet? Episode six has not been released Boom. at this time, right? So by the okay by this <laughs> time. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, if you if you haven't listened to episode six, we we talk about volleyball a little bit because he sweet. he loves volleyball and he coaches. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what makes volleyball a mental game? There are so many scenarios where you have to you have to not think about the score mm-hmm. and you have to think about it as one point. You just one point at a time. Um it could be like 23-23 and you still gotta think of it as you one gotta point. think about it as one point. Even though the like, game is on the line. 100 mm-hmm. percent So I remember uh I went up to serve a game point. Serve and I, I biffed it, just served it right into the net. Ooh. And at this time, I think I was in grade 10. So I played senior ball from nine to 12. Wow. Which was a really cool opportunity. Like, I'm super thankful for it. And those were awesome years of playing competitive volleyball. But yeah, he, he, he subbed me off after, uh, or at that time, uh, Libero was coming in for me in the back row. And he like pulled me aside. He's like, mm-hmm. you need to figure it out. You can never do that again. Mm. And I mean, that's a big ask to never do something again. But mm-hmm. I just remember that. Just like the the firmness is a little scary. Yeah. And at the moment, I was thinking, like, he's so mean. This is terrifying. <laughs> Maybe not the same thing I would do. Uh, but, you yeah. know, I, I remember it. Not just the fear of it, but I remember that, you know, like, he, he after that, saying, like, it's just one point. You need to think about one point. The mm-hmm. game was on the line. But you got to just focus relax calm your nerves um which is funny so fast forward okay just back back yeah, back yeah. to that game how how critical is that's like a champ playoff game or is no, this a regular no, 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 season no. game no thank goodness it wasn't like a, a finals or something you'd remember that clearly yes yeah okay i carry that with me <laughs> you carry that. um yeah fast forward probably oh man four or five years i'd graduated university I was doing a uh, youth ministry and I wanted to volunteer as a, vo- a volleyball coach. Mm. So I got to go back to my old high school. Oh, cool. And coach. And I bumped into, before I got that opportunity, I'd bumped into Mr. Hong. Yeah. At, I was getting my bike fixed up at a local shop mm. and I bumped into him and I'd been thinking about coaching and we just kind of were bantering and talking about life and stuff. And I was like, That's Hey, awesome. what are the odds that I could come back and help out as a coach? And, I got to come back and I actually took over and coached the senior boys for wow. for four or five years. Did you which do it was, with Mr. Hong as well? No, I didn't do it with him. But he, he passed it on. He to passed you. it on, which was like crazy That's to like so good. see that how that came full full circle. He and loved remember, it also. Yeah, yeah, he was he was stoked on it. But I remember thinking about the mental toughness aspect of the game, and one thing I would talk to the boys about is when they were going up for a big moment, mm-hmm. I would just look at them. I didn't like pull them aside and like, oh, but I, I would look at them and just like, hey, so and so, and I'd tap the side of my head. You use, use your think, use your thinking brain, and it just that was that was the reminder that we talked about mentally tough. Mm-hmm. You're in the moment, stay in the moment. It's okay, you got this. Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes I would still mess up, and that's that's life. Um, 
but yeah, I kind of remember that and shout out to Mr. Hong for yeah, kind of like lighting a, a fire to not just play volleyball, but to like invest in, in young people and to mm-hmm. try and cultivate uh, talent and potential within yeah. them. So And mental toughness. I'm still fixated on his mental toughness. Yeah. Because that's one of the skills we try to teach kids. Like, like I think the, there's a buzzword. The buzzword in education now is resilience. Mm. And uh, it's that resilience to, to take a hit. Totally. And we, we talk about kids like oh being soft and snowflake generation and if you're if it's being talked about it's it's true to an extent but there's something about sports that really teach you to 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 stay mentally tough and even if you take a hit or an l mm-hmm. the big l yep. you still got to keep going or you make a mistake you still got to keep going totally teaching kids how to to lose well yeah and to win well is uh, on the flip side right you know to be to be humble in victory yeah and gracious in defeat that mm. kind of idea. I like that. Humble in victory, gracious in defeat. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. So, shouts out to Mr. Hong. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. Yeah. You said you had another teacher that you wanted to shout out to. Yeah. Shout out to my band teacher. Yeah. 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 So, I, I got to play sports. Then on the flip side, I was also a major. Yeah. You're, you're a band, big music guy. You're a big guy, sports yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, his name is Mr. Maller. He's a legend. He ha- he probably has the most patience I've ever seen in a mm-hmm. teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I, oh, I love I love playing drums. Yeah. So specifically, I'm thinking of the moment so many times he just look at me and be like, "Sit on your hands, please." <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be sitting by a snare or on a drum kit or by anything with sticks in my hand, and you just want to run up to it and just start crashing, just like. <laughs> just the, the tapping would begin. You so had like, kids in your class who who start air drumming in the middle of class, and you knew they had rhythm. And I welcome it. You welcome it. Have you seen that though? Uh, I have not. I have not seen it a lot. Yeah, but it definitely happens. It happens. It's not. It doesn't help when I literally have on my desk two pencils that are shaved as drumsticks. You got the, the pencils. Yes. Thinking about, it. I got the yeah. pencil sticks that are shaped like a drumstick, 100%. right? You get them at the Scholastic Kids. You could. They're at the Scholastic Book Fair. Oh you know, yeah, you know, you know. I remember, I remember seeing them at the first. So, Scholastic Book Fair is the um, at elementary schools or different schools. You get this the Scholastic. They'll set up a book fair in your in your foyer lobby. At least at the school I work at, they do. Do they do yeah, it for yeah. your school? Uh, yeah, they, yeah. They do it like I think it's just once a year. Isn't once it? a year, like around spring usually. Yeah, yeah. And then they they saw all these books. That's where I get them all my Captain Underpants, totally. Clifford the Red Dogs, Bear Dog and Bears, Dogman. Well. My kids are big into dog. They man. like Dogman. Do they love Dogman? You remember? It's not Cap- my favorite, but do you remember Captain? Well, Dogman they do the Fliporama and the Captain. Underpants. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> Have you ever read a Dogman book? Yeah, I've, I, I've, 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 I know the author. What's his Rip Eric Ripley? What's his yeah, author? I think so Pickley? I don't remember. I'm not sure. But they had those Fliporamas. Yeah. So if you guys are listening, you know those Fliporamas. As a teacher, the funniest thing, but the most annoying thing. Well, we was funny when we were kids. When you're teaching, it's kind of annoying. But during silent reading, you hear silent this, reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hear this flip back and forth. <laughs> and this kid like, is what is happening? Like the Fliporama page. Can you explain it? The Fliporama page. Fliporama page is basically a knockoff flip book, but it's just two a sides. Knockoff flip book, two sides. Two sides. You just flip back and forth. So in the middle of a comic book, you'd have this one page, is one animation. The second page yep. is another drawing, and you just flip back and forth. So silent reading, and I even remember this when I was in elementary school. Silent reading, you get the kids flipping back and forth. Yep, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> still happens. It still happens. Yeah, dog man, and it's hilarious. What a trip. But yeah, back to back to Scholastic Book Fair. I remember seeing the the drumsticks. Yes, and shaped as or pencil shaped as drumsticks. And yeah, the the ends of the pencils and the pencils that you don't write with are. Like drumsticks, and my and my friends bought a bunch of them, and they started forming a rhythm section in the middle of class. So good, and it's so good. Yeah, and you want to see that more? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I would love to. A, a dream mm-hmm. that I have with education at, at the school that I'm at now would be so sick. I think to start a drum line. <laughs> Man, that'd be cool. Yeah, kids who would be like down to. I mean, it'll probably start off like who wants to just hit some drums, but like mm-hmm. to start a drum line, get some snares in there. Some bass drums. I think it'd be really cool. That'd be a cool. Be fun to to teach her the rhythm. That'd be a great, great club. Yeah. 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 So we'll see what happens. But, so your teacher. Yeah, Mr. Maller. Mr. Maller. He's a legend. Yeah. He he was a band teacher, so I 
played saxophone in high school mm-hmm. in like concert band. Yeah, let's run through every music instrument you play. Oh, we can go through this. I love I love hearing this because you're a multi talented man. Uh, well, yeah, I try. I try, try to. <laughs> I lo- I just love it. I do for the love of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I started playing drums when I was, uh, I believe, eight or nine, and broke my leg when I was ten, so I couldn't play drums. So I picked up guitar. Well, you could have been that dude from Def Leppard, <laughs> yeah, who played with played uh, plays with. Oh, he played. He didn't lose a. Yeah, I think leg. He, he lost, he lost arm. a hand. Yeah, definitely okay, not that serious of an accident. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I picked up guitar. From there, I played drums and guitar for for years until I got to high school, mm-hmm. and I played saxophone in the concert band. Yeah. Uh, did alto, tenor, and then the baritone. Okay. Saxophone. I'm just gonna pause for a second. Yeah, you yeah. sax. You know saxophone in yeah. high school. Yeah. You ever see kids down the hall and they're playing Careless Whisper? <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. I'm uh, like, yeah. Music teacher is sick of it, but it's it's, it's still timeless. funny. It's timeless. it's timeless. It's like the sexy sax guy. If you remember <laughs> on YouTube, <laughs> I I still I still rock with that every time we're in. I don't know if you, yeah, you were there, but sometimes yeah. during we we play on the same worship team at church, and sometimes randomly during warm up, I'll start playing. <laughs> yes. I'll start yeah. playing Careless Whisper on guitar. It's my go to warm up. Yeah, it's my go to warm up. Careless Whisper on guitar during I love band warm up. I love it. But yeah, so you played saxophone, saxophone, and then <laughs> I joined jazz band. So I got yeah. to play. I got to play drums in the jazz band, which was super fun. Just grew That's my awesome. uh, kind of depth of knowledge and mm-hmm. technique and style with drumming. Yeah. Um, so super thankful for the opportunity. And Mr. Mallow was there throughout all that. Mm. So patient, so technical, and was able to again look beyond look beyond the annoyance of a young high school boy who just wanted to smash drums and and play and and couldn't sit still for a while when he was mm-hmm. behind a drum kit. And was super super gracious in his correction and. Mm was able to bring the best out of not just me, but everyone uh, that he worked with. That's so good. Yeah. So he was great. He was great. He's a really talented singer as well. He directed choir. I never was in choir, but mm-hmm. hearing about just how he, he did that as well. Um, so I think just even how he was patient mm. really sticks with me in how I aspire to be as patient as possible with, with my kids when they do things that I don't understand when they are asking the same questions every day. Yeah. Uh, questions like, what time is recess? <laughs> like, what time is it? It's like, look at the clock. Yeah. <laughs> it would be, it would why be do I even bother writing the schedule for the week <laughs> on the board? When, They'd no. ask that question like, when's class over? When it's like three minutes, when class is actually over and they still be asking that question. Yeah. yeah. Kids ask the darndest things. Kids ask the darndest things. But, that's what we signed up for. It is. It's 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 the best. Yeah. It's like the, it dri- the things that drive you nuts are like the same things that you're like, this is why I do what I do. Exactly. You know? The things that drive you nuts are the things. That <laughs> That's how it is. That's how it is. That's how it is. Okay. So we're talking about Mr. Hong, Mr. Maller. Yeah. And we're, what I hear from you is that they, they exuded these patterns. Um, they've been also with you for a while. Yeah, I I had them for several years. Like yeah. Mr. Hong was my coach and teacher for, well, he coached or taught me in grade eight for PE. Yeah. So five years. Mr. Maller was there for three or four years. Yeah. And so, so continuity yeah. is valuable. And so I guess it's super valuable that you're doing that looping thing mm-hmm. with your current six and seven. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be nice to come to th- this this question of when you think of your experience as a youth pastor mm-hmm. and you think of the example set for you by Mr. Hong and Mr. Maller mm-hmm. and maybe other teachers out there because totally. there's a lot. Oh, yeah. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. If it, you can think of yourself as a educator, what are the qualities that you want to embody for yourself that you hope that students will remember you for? Oh, man. That's a great question. Yeah. I think about this a lot. Like, what do I want to be known for as a teacher? Totally. And I think it's just, it's just good, valuable things to think about as when you come to summer it's like oh the end of the year especially after first year which is nuts right i think the biggest thing is 
being remembered or thought of as a teacher, uh, not for just me as a person. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would like, yeah, we talked about tattoos and teachers with tattoos, but if all I was thought of as was that teacher with tattoos, mm -hmm. like I've missed the mark Yeah, as a teacher. Um, I think... It sounds cool, but is it really yeah. that deep? You know what? Honestly, even with tattoos, I love to also wear like pattern shirts a lot at mm. school. Just like fun button up pattern shirts. You got a pattern on your you got a pattern right now you're yeah, wearing. What's um, that? Yeah, I've got my ti tigers on here. Yeah. Nice. Um I think even in that it's more so not about myself, but showing the kids that mm -hmm. you can be yourself mm -hmm. and express yourself uh however you want to. And that the school, the classroom that we are in is a safe place to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I want kids to think back to their grade six and seven years and know, know that they were valued, know that they were seen and heard and that they were able to be themselves. I think that's the primary goal. If you don't, if you're not able to make those connections with the kids and create a safe place, then learning can't happen. I don't think. Can you say that again? Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> you <ever laughs> the heard people that in the back row, yeah. In the back row, again, like making sure kids are seen and known. Yeah, if, if your students are not seen and known and feel that they can be heard as well, that they can ask questions and speak their mind as well, mm -hmm. uh, then learning can't happen. Like yeah. you, there, there's going to be a mental blockade in their mind between you and them. If you're, when you're trying to teach them curriculum and math and whatever, mm -hmm. um, an English lesson, a sign, even if it's the best lesson that you've prepped and it has everything going for it. Yeah. If there's not a connection piece with the kids, it's not going to, it's not going to land yeah. in my, in my opinion, yeah, yeah. with all my <laughs> experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, there's little things that we got to do to yep. make every kid feel like they're seen and known. Yeah. Like you could start teaching and just drabbling on about the content, but you don't recognize who the kids. So what are some little techniques, some little routines that you put in your day to make sure that that kid's seen and known? Honestly, for me, it starts first thing in the morning when they walk in the door. Okay. I mean, <laughs> pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Um, Pre-COVID, of course. Pre-COVID. <laughs> I would greet them at the door. I'd be standing at the door. That's so excited to see them, and then I give them a, yeah. like a fist bump or a high five when yeah. they walk in every day, whatever like whatever they'd want. It's actually that's a lot of what teacher says that it starts first thing at the door. First thing, man. Like if they walked into a classroom and you weren't greeting them or looked happy to see them, you're just at your desk on mm -hmm. your phone or checking mm -hmm. an email, even even if it's something productive, mm -hmm. it says something. It says like something. The things that we're not doing explicitly in front of the kids still says something yeah. to them. See, They're always I'm, watching, so. I'm pretty guilty of that because I usually start off, I'm busy on my laptop trying to answer an email in between classes. Yeah. But at the same time, I guess that's a high school. I'm at, I'm in a high school level. Different, year different vibe for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because kids kind of just flow in and out of class. Kids flow in and school. out for high yeah. school. You're, you got the homeroom at the beginning of the day, so that really matters. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so yeah, yeah first year of covid <laughs> first year teaching what a COVID. trip what a trip what a trip yeah it's been what a year was that like it's been a year man yeah it's been a good year though like i wouldn't have it any other way yeah you you just you just get you play with the cards that you get dealt so to speak mm -hmm. but it's been it's been a learning experience and a half i feel like the first season of teaching i was just just learning how to be a teacher Mm -hmm. um, try and put as much as you can from your practicum into practice. But when, once it's the real thing, if I feel like just you kind of throw it out the when you're like, all right, like I feel like the game's changed now. Yeah. This, is the, this, uh, this is actually my classroom. I, act, I actually have a chance here to create classroom culture and environment with these students to create a space that, that I think is going to be positive for them. Yeah. Pre-COVID and post-COVID. Pre, oh, yeah. It looked a little bit different when you're staring at a screen yeah, and talking to a screen mm -hmm. and you can't see your kids that are just chiming in on the chat. That's how we did it anyways. Mm -hmm. um, even then, doing like we did Pictionary on Wednesday, Kahoot Games on Friday. Oh, fun. So fun. With, within the online work that they had to do, trying to create different fun it, outlets for them It as mattered well. even more during 
COVID. COVID. Or we're still in COVID. It mattered even more during the peak, online the, teaching yeah. of the peak, The beginning of COVID. The beginning of COVID. Like, how do you create that space for kids to feel still connected? Yeah. And we're still all trying to figure that out also. But it's really interesting to see all the ingenious things that different teachers have tried totally. to keep things together. Totally. But I guess with your grade six and sense, it's just about having fun with them at that point and making sure they feel like they belonged. Yeah, just giving them a chance to connect with each other. So that was that was one of the the things that I tried to do the most apart from teaching them. Yeah. Curriculum stuff was okay, what are some fun, goofy things that we can do? Mm-hmm. Um we had like challenges of the week, so they would have to like either like build a contraption or had like we had a paper airplane contest and yeah different things and they could post videos and Mm. everyone would like kind of comment in on it so it it was fun in in that way to uh almost stretch stretch myself and stretch the other staff like creatively Mm -hmm. like to connect Mm -hmm. um with these kids so and to come up with project ideas that they can do within their own homes (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it, it really has become a lot a creative season for a lot of people. If 100%. anything that COVID and quarantine has made us as teachers uh, be more attuned to is how do you become more creative in delivering this content and tech savvy and tech savvy. Yeah, I I seen I said major this, learning curves, eh? <laughs> major learning. I've seen I said this in other podcasts, but I've seen teachers who weren't who had troubles with this program on whatever who've now become all of a sudden adept technology users and it's just fun and amazing to see a transformation totally we're all learning as well yeah yeah dude so Stuart warnock yes sir musician athlete i keep going youth pastor turned teacher whoa whoa (laughs) we out here shouts out to again mr hong mr maller and uh shout out to my SEAs and resource yeah. teachers that Mr. make my life a heck of a lot easier. Mr. Hong, Mr. Mao, look look what you've done. You've made this. <laughs> you've created You've this. created this Frankenstein of a teaching monster. <laughs> yeah, first year teacher looking forward to many more years yeah, to come. Dude. Kids are kids are happy to you. Any ass words that, that people should know or say that you want to say? Ah uh, man, nothing comes to mind. Thank shout out to you, man. No, thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me out. Thanks yeah. for the chats and the hangs. Well, more to come. Totally. All right. Hit my outro music. Hey, everyone. If you like this episode, if you like the show, make sure to subscribe, like, favorite, or follow, whether you're using Spotify, Apple, Anchor, or wherever else you get your podcasts. For updates, you can follow on Instagram at ShoutToMyTeacher or whatever I'm posting on Facebook. Consider sharing this show with family and friends by word of mouth or social media if you can relate to these experiences or if you enjoy listening to different voices talk about the role models that influenced or inspired them. This is the beginning of a new hobby for me, a passion project, and it's just a lot of fun and I'd love to connect with a variety of people. If you want to come on the show, if you're a teacher and you want to talk shop, if you're not a teacher and you just want to shout out someone and promote something, you're welcome to message me to come on the show. I'm up for a session. Preparing for something like this is great for personal and professional reflection and development. But whatever we talk about, you got to give a shout out to a teacher, coach, mentor, role model that has influenced or inspired you. Until then, this is Anthony, high school teacher and hobby podcaster. Hope you're all having a good summer so far and hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Peace out.